Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast with Shredded Ed, Cardio Johnny, Paul C, Matt Mork Super Troll, and Brazil Hadley. The best infotainment show around where you'll hear us joke, banter, and debunk all the nutritional myths you've heard time and time again, helping you get fit, healthy, and shredded. Welcome to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast, episode number 60. Cost 60. We're getting close to the 100 mark. We need to do something really big for the 100 mark. Really? Um, yeah. I, I just say I welcome any ideas. Got 40 weeks to think about it, so uh, yeah. If you've got an idea, message us. <laughs> yeah, why not? Um, how's things, mate? How's, uh, how's being back to the UK after your fantastic looking holiday abroad? Yeah, it's good. Yeah, nice and relaxing. Didn't have to think about too much apart from what colour shorts I was putting on, so that was nice, and uh, how many mythoses I was going to have that day. <laughs> do, you, do you even think about what colour shorts you're putting on? No, it's just the ones on the top of the pile. <laughs> I was going to say, did you, did you not only just take one pair? Well, no, no, I took a couple of pairs because I had some bought for me, so I had to, and I had to have a photo in them to show that I'd worn them, I'd worn them and yeah, you, you know the score. <laughs> to be fair, I, I am the sort of person who does usually take a pair for every day. Yeah, no, I, I think I had like a pair for every other day, so... Um, but when I, I turned up with my suitcase and it was tiny and Alex was like what have you got in there and I swear she literally wore like the same pair of set of clothes every single day <laughs> so I don't know what she had in her huge suitcase um, I, I'm like you I'm like you I, I tend to like pack well obviously just shorts like a vest for every day and then that's about it I'll just make do the rest yeah yeah a, a shirt for the evening and that was about it mm. Good though? Yeah, no, really really nice and relaxing. Yeah, it was a nice, really nice hotel actually. You know, when you're on the coach and you do the drop-offs at all the hotels and ours just happened to be the nicest one. So that was good. It's always a bit of a risk, isn't it? You have that in-betweeners moment of where you get off at a real shithole. Yeah, well, I, I remember very, very vividly, uh, it would have been about 2010, me and Jenna went to Dominican Republic and there's a load of really rowdy Welsh guys, sort of middle-aged Welsh guys on our coach and uh, they're all get, they're all drunk, must have been from the flight or whatever. But they were, or when we get into this hotel, we turned up at the this like Caribbean looking village, and it, to be fair, it looked really shoddy. And there's all like multicolored buildings. Not that I mean, it is quite typically kind of or stereotypically Caribbean, but there's all these like shoddy multicolored buildings. I heard one of them go, "I hope I'm not. St- I'm not going to do it in a Johnny accent, by the way." But I said, <laughs> "I hope I'm not staying here. Uh, this looks like Butlins." Because it's <laughs> like Butlins. And I was like, and they went. Um, Mr. Mr. Mrs. Hadley, I was like, oh fuck. <laughs> we did actually move. We actually moved hotels. The only time we ever done a holiday, but I paid like a shit ton loads more money to move hotels because we were there one night and just got up the next morning. We were both so unhappy. We were just like, like, oh, we just need to move. So we ended up just moving to a different hotel down the beach. But yeah. I like the Dominican. It was nice. It was a bit too resorty for me. I can't do sitting down every day, all day. Um, but I quite like the Dominican. It was, it was yeah, nice. I've, we've been a few times, um, usually south side, because obviously it's actually on the Caribbean Sea, which is a lot nicer, but like Punta Cana or uh, Bavaro is pretty nice. But Was that like one of the first yeah. times we ever spoke when I put on Facebook that I was going to the Dominican and then you asked me where I was staying? I don't remember. Yeah, well, I do. Oh, so, sorry, mate. <laughs> obviously, meant, 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 meant more to you than it did me. <laughs> I, just, I just remember the little things. <laughs> uh, right, I think yeah. we need to uh, swiftly move on because we've got a rather large man. Um, yeah, he's looking angry because he's waiting. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's not eating in the last five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> 
Right, so oh, no, he's, he's got snacks. They're not very high protein. Christ. Oh, I know, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make a joke then. I thought best not. Um, let's, uh, yeah, let's introduce our guest because he's had to sit in uh, listening to us make chitter chatter. So today we have Stephen Cassidy. Hello, mate. Morning, guys. Morning. How's it going? Yeah, not bad. Um, apart from being dragged out of bed at this time in the morning. Okay. You, you said you were up early, didn't you? <laughs> yeah, I was up early because Emma was up. Yeah. Hair dry, oh. dryer going, makeup on, doors banging. Not much of a choice. She off to the salon? Yep, she's off. Um, supposed to have the little one, but she's had a sleepover. So um, a night to herself. I had a, um, we had um, snacks and I had one whole beer. Oh, well. <laughs> Went wild. <laughs> I was going to say, uh, let's, let's keep it... Um, Rated eight or not rated eighteen? Let's keep it PG. Rated PG. You know, yeah. need to know what you had reunited to yourself. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Fall asleep on the couch as usual. <laughs> That's, uh, to be fair, that does actually sound like my sort of night. So, <laughs> it's a true night of romance. Let's. <laughs> um, uh, so let, let's because um, obviously we know you reasonably well, um, but our listeners may or may not. So let's find out a bit more about you, mate. So. Um, who are you? What do you do? How do you get into the industry? Because you're in the industry. All that, all that jazz. Uh, yeah, I'll try and keep this um, relatively short. I actually wrote a bio recently um, to, to go in somewhere. And I was like, oh, shit. Oops, that's like a 10-page essay. So I'll <laughs> minimise that a little bit. Um, so, yeah, been anti-lifting ever since I was um, I, old enough to actually get a weight set. Um, just... One of these kids that always loved grub, a little bit too chunky for my own good. Um, just took um, just took to lifting weights. Um, seemed to work for me with my um, love of calories. Um, try and put them in a good place. So yeah, just lifted for, for many many years. Um, always one of these guys that was challenging the um, <laughs> the people around about me. I was reading like the Mike Mentzer books, Stuart McRobert books. Everybody else is doing um, I don't know. Five six days in the gym, chest day, back day, and I'm I'm reading all this stuff that contradicts it all and getting any, any arguments. But always just a, an inclination to get more knowledge. Um, so yeah, done that for a long time. Um, eventually, turned my hand a little bit to that powerlifting. Um, done a wee bit of that, low level stuff. Actually training for um, a British to detach my pec, so that um, completely removed that. Um, Brett's face went a little there. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, so um, then kind of switched over to bodybuilding. Um, very fortunate to be surrounded by a lot of good competitive guys in the um, spit and sawdust type gyms that I've been around and just pick up unbelievable levels of knowledge from guys who are living it day to day, basically. So um, helped a few mates out, get any shape for shows, um, bit of nutrition advice, bit of drug advice, just... Um, just, just helping people really, um, as you do, helping out mates. Um, from there, a good friend of mine um, who I'm now working with, uh, Jordan Peters, kind of started nudging me towards, you should really think about doing some coaching. Um, didn't really feel qualified enough, so what I started doing was obviously met you guys on uh, the, the MNU course, went down the MNU course, um, done that, and now running my own little coaching company. Um, and also working along, alongside Jordan on his uh, website slash app um, as one of his approved trainers slash educators. So, yeah, number of clients, bodybuilding, a couple of powerlifters, a 
few general population people. Um, actually, one of the nutritionists of the qualified at the same time of us, working with her as well. Um, just a, a good variety of clients. Yeah, mm-hmm. going, going pretty good. I think to sort of uh, when you say all oh, a few sort of big friends. Um, I've known Steve for a few years now, and it still amazes me how many like names he can subtly drop, um, humbly drop as well. Uh, it's sort of I, I know most names won't mean anything to to my mum or my dad, but it kind of if you're in the kind of like the bodybuilding space or the, the fitness space, some of the names that he does drop are the, like big in presence and big in kind of um, popularity as well. So, with you just saying, kind of just a, uh, the, the, the train by JP site that you said you're working on as an approved uh, coach, um, how many like, monthly members has that got? It's a couple of thousand, isn't it? I think, no, I think it's around four or five thousand now. Yeah, yeah, that's crazy. And that's only been going, well, it's been going a few years now, hasn't it? But, um, um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, he did, Jordan's been going uh, the train by JP thing, just coaching himself uh, for quite some time. I mean, um, I wouldn't sit and plug him. Too much, but yeah, the, the app itself is for anyone that's any bodybuilding is, is a, it really is a phenomenal resource. I mean, he's only charging like seven pound a month, yeah. Um, um, and he's just started uploading videos and now of him executing like a multitude of different exercises. Um, so there's no reason to get your form wrong. There's discussion on there of everything. I mean, like, obviously, we'll go into some of this in a bit, but there's open discussion of everything exactly what he does. Um, what he eats, when he sleeps, what he trains, um, what he uses, what and again with the he also sponsors other pro athletes who are on there as well, mm. and also um, you know just just can't fail to mention his um, his partner Karen. Karen's a pro powerlifter. Um, I think she turned pro in one of the federations of bodybuilding. She's now chasing an IFPB pro card. Um, she's an MSc, going to be doing a PhD, um, and a phenomenal coach, unbelievable mind. Um, and you just get access to all this information and everything they're doing every month for like a few pounds. Um, yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, um, I, I think maybe like, um, cause obviously, the, the episode is not about Jordan necessarily, but obviously, yeah. that don't know him, he is an assisted bodybuilder. So, which those who've ever seen him will know that. <laughs> 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 He's, he's definitely wider than he is tall. <laughs> yeah, um, I regularly make the comment, he's actually really hard to hug. <laughs> he's really hard to get your arm around. Yeah. I mean that, I mean that genuinely. Um, he's, he's really quite hard to give a hug to. You're kind of stretching around the barrel to kind of give him that, kind of get the arm around the back. Um, but but again, a gentleman as well. A really nice guy also. Yeah, yeah, he is. Um, just, just before we move on, I, I saw Jordan, obviously, at Body Power, not this one, the one before, and to be honest, I will openly admit, I've known him for ages, but I haven't really paid too much attention to him, his content, because I guess like uh, assist, the assistant side of bodybuilding hasn't necessarily been like the, the, the biggest interest of mine, so I've kind of not really delved too much into it. Um, but watching him speak at Body Power, I will say I was not, not yeah, maybe blown away maybe is the right term, but I was just <laughs> absolutely, absolutely fascinated, I suppose, by his level of knowledge and understanding on on stuff because you just i suppose looking at him he's not your stereotypical um type of guy who you would think has that level of knowledge and understanding but he you know he he does so he does wear glasses though so oh sure yeah <laughs> takes glasses off you think oh what he puts a glass on all of a sudden it's Clark Kent and bloody bodybuilding <laughs> yeah I had, I had that recently last time I was tested and they were like 
It's very borderline. You don't really need them. <laughs> no, 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 no. Give me them. Give me them. Ten percent less meathead. Just add glasses. Yeah, I would say you always, you've got you've now got like another whole range of clients to go just because you've glasses as well. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just we can just start dressing appropriately. I might get pick up a few more. <laughs> stop uh, wearing Mar stop wearing Marvel t-shirts. Uh, I'm sure you do all right. Um, so yeah, I mean, I guess like. Um, for me, obviously, like the reason we wanted you on is because, you know, like, the stuff Jordan says about you in terms of like being an absolute go-to guy for him when he, even he doesn't know stuff. Um, we really want to have a chat around like the topic we are going to today because we just thought it would like, be one, so, so interesting. Obviously, um, like it wasn't necessarily my, like, my, my kind of thing in terms of like how interested I was in that type of stuff. But I suppose the more I've got into nutrition, the more I've kind of been involved in like, the industry and you see more of it then in terms of like the assistant stuff like it does become it does pique my interest more than it ever ever has and i know ed's got a massive um interest in it as well so we thought it'd be so a super cool and it's not because it's a bit um a, a niche uh yeah i suppose a niche topic a lot of our listeners probably will know and flirted with certain um like ideas of what they think it is so we thought it'd be quite interesting to kind of talk around that as well because I, I guess yeah. like from it I, I was gonna say that, that that's such a key key thing to say is that a lot of people have ideas of it and I think most of the time probably quite negative ideas um, but it's because I think it's, it's like anything isn't it like you know if you say say to people oh how do you how do you diet there's 20 million different ideas there and I think it's similar with the with the assisted side and I'm, I'm sure you know we will go into this but I think if, if we say if we pulled the listeners or all, all six of them now and said you know what's your idea of performance enhancing drugs what's your um, what do you think they are? How do you think they affect you? Are they going to kill you? <laughs> All that sort of stuff. Um, I think we would get six completely different replies because it's not openly talked about, and it's because it's not. Well, it is, but just not in the you know general public kind of realm. So I think that that's kind of be really cool to uh, go into it on this on this level. Just to not because everybody on the podcast and all of us want to jump on gear, but because it's good to have a knowledge of something that you don't particularly know about, so you don't misinform other people. Yeah, yeah totally. I, I guess like maybe we. Should... Well, mate, you go. Yeah, I was going to say the one of the biggest um, things again is and it's this is what Jordan does, but not just Jordan. I mean, I've worked. Um, Works, works not the right. Um, I've helped out at various uh, NHS clinics and stuff like that as well. Done drop-ins, not, not so much recently, maybe a few years back. Um, again, I think Ed's definitely aware of. I'm not just celebrate. Um, Dave Crossland, who runs. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, Dave. So myself and Dave, uh, a couple of other guys, a few years back, done some clinics with the NHS, and it's more just about being open about the topic. Um, and the thing is, like anything, that's kind of grey area, illegal, a bit, a bit dodgy, a bit iffy. Um, it's, it's, the majority of information out there is Chinese whispers. Mm -hmm. um, there's, there's, there's very little real science. Um, I mean, even a lot of what um, we'll go into is kind of extrapolating what you can from some studies and kind of like bro science and the rest of it and kind of through experience um, because it's, it's not something that's done a lot. Um, but the more open you can be about information, um, how you do it, why you do it, what causes this, what causes that. If you get this issue, do this. You get it's, It just promotes safer use. You're never going to have completely safe use, but if it's safer and managed and kind of educated in at least some manner, um, the chances are it's going to be a better situation than 
the the big guy at the gym, hands you stuff, and just tells you to to take as as much as obviously he thinks he can get out of you profit wise. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, stick this in your ass and don't ask any questions. <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's a big streamer. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it, it's scary though when you listen to some. Um, do you do you listen to the size game podcast at all, Steve? I've listened to some of them, not all of yeah. them. Um, some of the more recent ones, particularly. Um, um, obviously. The James and Luke are both um, sponsored by Jordan as well and working yeah. on the site. So, yeah, I've, I've kind of listened to some, not all, um, but yeah, I've listened to a fair bit of them. Yeah, because in that, it, it was crazy listening to, it was probably one of the older episodes, but when they were all talking about kind of how they got into it a little bit, and one of the other hosts, Banji, he basically said that the guy in his gym, or a guy who he approached for coaching, just said, hey, we're going to take some of this and take some of that and we're going to have a party. And that was all the description he had of how to to start taking things um yeah and, and i think that just sort of summarizes sometimes what the, the the knowledge of the people who are taking things and then they're trying to pass it on to other people um is a little bit scary um yeah yeah well, even, even when brett said um kind of mentioned the topic and i went well can we be a bit more specific so i know what we're talking about uh and obviously for, if, if you're not in that area then you're just like no no we'll just talk about it and i'm like well it's, to people who are doing this day to day, it's it's like discussing flavors of protein. It's it, it's it's a normal normal thing, and I know for people who don't do it, it seems like this very kind of I mean kind of dark corner subject or whatever. But for the people who are doing it and kind of the upper level competitors who have assisted bodybuilding, it's like it's just like discussing what's your favorite um, flavor of protein. It's it's so open. It's so um, it's such a huge subject. I mean, it's it's not. The, the, the PEDs, um, PEDs, doesn't just cover steroids, it covers a multitude of things. Um, and so many of them are becoming mainstream, are being said in such blase terms. I mean, you've probably all heard, I don't know, just somebody at the gym wanting to lose a few pounds and going, I'm going to get clean. And you're like, do, do you even know what that is? I mean, what, why is And it's purely because, as you say, the guy selling it at the gym goes, well, that's make you drop a few pounds. Um, and it's just seen as a, as a quick fix. Um, so, so many of the terms are becoming mainstream um, for, for the wrong reasons mm. um, and getting it in the wrong hands. So, yeah, so. It, it is amazing. I don't know, Brett, whether your gym's the same, but my, my gym has got a lot of young lads in it. Uh, the one I've just moved to, not the one, obviously, when I used to train at Strength Asylum, I dare say a third, if not a half, of the people were, were using something to enhance their performance. Um, but at the gym I'm at now, just a little local gym, a lot of young lads in there. And there was a couple of guys just very openly talking about things. One of them was saying he, he takes a bit of trend, um, and, uh, and that's all it takes. And then this other one, quite a, a rotund fellow, shall we say, um, was saying, yeah, yeah, I need, to, I need to lose some weight, so I'm going to jump on some growth hormone. And I was a bit like, mm, probably a calorie deficit would serve you a little bit better at this stage. But, uh, um, yeah, so it, it is mad how they were just like shouting about it across the gym and stuff. So it, I think times have definitely changed and it is becoming more accepted and more open as well. Maybe not with your mother and your grandmother, but um, it's definitely more accepted in the gyms and stuff like that. So long as it's done safely. Uh, I think I think um, and now might be a good time to kind of just, uh, I suppose, caveat the episode with like obviously any 
the pin express blah 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 you know it's just you know Stephen you obviously are an expert or would be considered an expert by so many people I know very little about uh PDs anabolic steroids etc etc so um but I would say obviously I guess like you know we just want to delve into this topic because it's interesting not because anyone's recommending anyone does any of this not because you know we're not necessarily saying it's like the, the worst in the world either um we're just saying obviously you know it's an interesting topic um and we just want to talk about it so i think like in terms of the the legal aspect so am i right in thinking and i'll be honest i actually don't know if this is correct but am i right in the uk it's only illegal to sell it's not illegal to buy news is that right um, the, the buying things about a grey area because obviously if you're buying someone's selling, um, yeah, it's, sure. not, it's, it's not illegal to have it in your possession. It's a, it's a prescri- prescription drug. Sorry, some of it is a prescription drug. Um, so it's like, I don't know, maybe your friend gave you some codeine or something because you, you hurt your back or whatever and you've got codeine in your house that wasn't prescribed to you. Um, um, kind of similar kind of area. Um, again, from the, a policing level, I think they're concerned on how accessible it's become, how how much it's basically exploded in the last few years. Um, there is obviously a concern about getting it in the wrong hands, but I don't think it has the same um, social implications as kind of hard drugs. So that it doesn't, it's not quite um, policed quite so hard. I mean, someone who's got heroin addiction, for example, might break into your house. Um, someone isn't going to break into your house or your car for the the, the next. Um, uh, jab a gear or for get some money for a show. Um, yeah. It tends to be people who obviously can't afford to spend that little bit of extra money. Um, so it doesn't really have the same social implications that some of the other stuff has. But yeah, certainly the, the legalities are that it's you, you can actually fly to Egypt, Turkey, places where it's legal to get a, a, a chemist and just buy it and bring back um, a six month or a year supply. But again, I mean, Define six months for a year supply. I mean, again, if you, if, you, if you take it away from what it is and say, well, how much protein do you take in six months or how much protein do you take in 12 months or whatever, you ran, both you guys' answers were completely different. Um, and then the next person will be different as well. So how do you define? Um, so it's, it's really quite a grey area, the whole legality thing. Um, yeah, it's a strange one. Yeah, sure. I guess, uh, like, maybe it, again, feels like a good time because for people that, like me, you basically wouldn't necessarily know, like you say, that um, so many different um, types of uh, PDs rather than just say steroids. Say. So like, I don't know whether it's like, not that I want to go through each one and say, like, well, this does this, this does that, but maybe just a brief outline of kind of like what that might look like. So what the types of... Yeah, well, I mean, when you talk about um, steroids, for example, I mean, steroids can mean um, there's... Basically, I mean, the female pill is a steroid. Any, any external hormone uh, is, is kind of classed as steroid. Obviously, what we're looking at here is um, anabolic androgenic steroids for uh, muscle gain use. But, I mean, even if you look at the simple word testosterone, testosterone you can get in, like, top of my head, six, seven different formats. Um, and then you've also got the ones the doctors prescribe and the, the gel and the patches. So you, you probably look at ten different types of testosterone you can get. So that's why it's such an area that really needs education. But then... You've got all these different modifications. I mean, uh, you've got cattle drugs that people use quite commonly. You've um, it's, steroids hasn't really changed much since probably the I don't know 50s, 60s since it kind of first really kind of 
um, was kind of chemically created. Um, a lot of the steroids that are available then are just the ones that are available now. There are obviously some that have came out. The the whole, again, I'm doing air commas here, pro-hormone market that came about uh, was almost like the legal high market, whereby it was any steroid that hadn't been previously released and therefore wasn't illegal, they could produce it and sell it as a supplement. Um, I mean, one of the ones that's now available on the underground market is a Superdrill. Um, Superdrill, I mean, a couple of years back, you could walk into any protein shop and just buy it over the counter. Um, and it's one of the most potent oral um, steroids you can get, phenomenal stuff. Um, but moving with the steroids, you've got, uh, as Ed mentioned, the other growth hormone. Um, you know, people are using um, various different types of insulin as well. Um, thyroid hormone, there's various different um, types of fat burners. Um, uh, Clen, we mentioned earlier, clenbuterol works on beta receptors. Um, again, Clen used to be fed to pigs to, um, to fatten them up, obviously much, much higher doses because higher doses is also anabolic. Um, you've got the usual um, stimulants, um, which is a multitude of stimulants. I... There's appetite suppressants, there's uh, even the, the tanning drug, melanotan. Um, I mean, if you're looking at performance-enhancing drugs, um, melanotan's quite obviously part of an assisted bodybuilder arsenal to get a good base coat tan before they get a tanner. Um, I mean, it's the whole athlete, natural and assisted athletes. Is, is, I don't just have assisted, I've got natural athletes as well. And as soon as I hit a stumbling block with... Uh, an assisted athlete, it's like, like, well, let's open a toolbox and see what's next. Um, with an actual athlete, you're like, okay, mate, so how much less food can you cope with? And yeah. um, how much more cardio can your knees take? And it's, it's just that's such a different world. I mean, the, the basic premise is the same. Calorie deficit, um, protein feedings, all this good stuff that you guys will do with your clients as well. The basic premise is the same, but the, the number of options and tools you have to, to utilise to manipulate the factors... As it's almost endless these days. Yeah, would, um, would you would, would you say I suppose like so the the basics are the same is probably the best way to describe it. So you would you would kind of like hit your your main basic stuff for both of those types. So your system non assisted, but like I suppose the point you're there making in that once they kind of as once they're covered and then people want to take things to the next level, that's when you have got all these extra tools you can use for an assisted person than you would do somebody who isn't. One of the biggest tools for an assisted person um, on a bodybuilding prep. Um, or any diet for that example, but bodybuilding preps obviously one that tends to kind of have the, the most extreme results um, is thyroid hormone. Um, you guys all know that the whole metabolic slowdown thing, um, one of the biggest components of that is thyroid. Um, so as soon as I find that I've got a client whose metabolism is slowing down, I've manipulated calories, I've increased cardio, and I'm just not getting, I'm obviously realising that the numbers aren't quite adding up here, so there's a, there's a metabolic change happening. I, I can just put... I'm not to give them, I can advise them that this is something, again, look at the legalities here. Um, people come to me and obviously I can help them advise what they can choose to take. I'm not telling them to take it, but uh, if, if we say oh, thyroid hormone, replacement dose, bang, you've reversed not all of the metabolic changes, but you have reversed a huge component of it. Um, and you can then continue into the show, keeping food higher, cardio lower, and obviously retaining more muscle mass. Um, it's, it's, it's a huge deal. Um, I mean, I've, I've just had a, an athlete who placed third. It was his very first show there, um, UKDFBA, completely natural. And 
they were almost having to get the guy up and knee replacement the amount of cardio I was doing by the end of it. Um, just to try and just to try and get the get the, get the fat off. Obviously, first prep is always the hardest, getting that kind of nitty gritty fat levels off. Thankfully, he placed third in a category of I think maybe sixteen, so it's a good result for us. Um, but yeah, it's it's just such a different mindset um, to prep. Um, is it if I was going to just quickly off the back of that? Is it easier to coach assisted athletes or natural athletes? Um, if you uh, again, I'm for being cocky. If you know what you're doing, yeah, it's easier to coach an assisted athlete. Um, I think there's a lot more can go wrong with an assisted athlete. Um, there's a lot more variables. Um, the wrong choice of drugs, the, the wrong type of diuretic, and you're literally ruining 12 or 16 weeks worth of work. Um, I mean, it's, it's just as common in an assisted show for someone to come in not in condition as as in a, an actual show. Um, quite often, actually, in natural shows, the guys are in better condition than they are in the assisted shows. Um, obviously, condition is a huge focus in the natural shows, um, and a lot of people, particularly who use um, gear, um, have got this size obsession. Hands up, I'm one of those guys as well. Um, if you're used to being a certain weight, and then your weight starts coming down, your clothes don't fit you. Um, you don't want to get any smaller, and there's a myriad of things you can do to make yourself bigger, but it's, it's not going to work on stage. Mm. Um, condition tends to win shows in, in assisted and none. So um, getting into condition is, is, is a key component. But yeah, if you know what you're doing, it certainly it can be easier. Yeah, yeah I, I, I remember, um, I think it was Steve Hall's podcast, where he had John Meadows on talking about that type of stuff, saying that how it's like very easy to get assisted people wrong if you don't know what you're doing and obviously a lot of people's approaches to it if they if they don't quite have the knowledge it's just like up dosage just up dosage you know that kind yeah. of um you know it's not and obviously it's not that easy because like you say if you you get things like your diuretics wrong or whatever else whatever i mean obviously i don't know but whatever combinations of of um, medication they are taking i guess if it all goes wrong you can not only ruin a 16 weeks worth of work as you put it but i guess there's obviously a serious risk to help as well yeah no no it's uh again i be careful here. Um, a young lad died at a show um, just a few a couple of months back, um, and again I can't comment on what's done. Don't know anything about the lad, um, but he there's discussion um, rumours of types of diuretic use, um, and if that's if, if that is the case, obviously I don't know if that is the case. That someone who doesn't understand diuretics is, is giving some of them without understanding the implications. Um, then yeah, it's really really sad. Yeah, um, I mean, I mean, um, hugely negligent. Yeah, but again, it's how many people do one show and then oh, I'm a coach. Um, yeah, I competed. I'm a coach. I'll give you a diet plan. I'll do this. I'll do that. Mm. Um, uh, the the number of people who have a coach and ask me questions about kind of just kind of nuances of well, my coach said do this and I'm doing, I want to do that and you, you said this and I'm like, you're paying a coach listening to him. I mean, I, I'm not going to contradict anyone's coach because if I tell you to do something, it's like any prep, there's, there's not one right way to diet anyone. There's definitely some wrong ways to do it, right? but, but there's not one right way to do it. So, excuse me, sorry. Um, your coach might have a plan that I don't, under, I don't understand. It's something that I've never thought about. I don't know everything. No one does. Um, 
So I'm not going to interfere with that. It's maybe just not how I would do it. Um, and again, actually, we had um, a client in yesterday just come to see me, um, looking to kick off, and he was asking about this, that, whatever else. And he went, oh, I've, I've read a lot of Jordan stuff. And, and I'm like, no, no, I'm not Jordan. He said, we've been friends for probably the best part of a decade now. Um, but we're not the same person. We don't do things the same. There's a lot of similarities. We've shared a lot of beliefs, uh, progressive resistance and whatever else. But um, no, we're, we're not the same person. There's no right way to do it. But yeah, it's there's a lot more variables in the mix. Um, like you mentioned, the diuretics. Um, client of mine, go back now, maybe a couple of years. Um, very good friend as well. Um, and we went to a show, I think it was Northumbria or something, one week. And it was the first show we'd done together. Um, and he looked dreadful. He looked absolutely dreadful. Um, so we were there with his partner, my partner, and my daughter, and I never spoke the whole way home. <laughs> Driving back to Scotland from Thumbria, I was so gutted. Um, uh, so, I mean, you don't, you don't want to prep someone for however long. You're, you're obviously there at the Becky call. You're going through the emotional ups and downs with them. You're at the show, getting all G'd up, and then they don't get the result they want. I mean, I think he still plays third or fourth or something, but he, he was capable of beating the guys that beat him if he was how he should have looked. But then the following week, we made some manipulations. Um, he got third in the Narrow British. So he placed third in Britain in his, in his category, um, which is a huge result. Mm-hmm. And he looked completely different just by changing one variable. And that variable was to do with carb timing and also the, the, the diuretic. But yeah, um, it was just changing the carb timing in relation <coughs> to the diuretic. Um, and that made such a difference. Just quickly, I suppose people will be listening and if people have or a complete sort of beginner level of this sort of uh, understanding what these things are just can you quickly explain what a diuretic is uh, a diuretic i mean again it's if, if you want to discuss diuretic with uh someone at doctor level who's educated again it's like it's a subject like steroids there's so many of them but basically something that pulls water from your body um so the aim of using a diuretic as a bodybuilder is to pull that last bit of subcutaneous water out and try and hold um, carbs and water inside the muscle um, and just try and remove any water so that you look as lean as possible. Um, the thing is, the leaner you are, the less diuretic, the less of this assistance you will need. Um, but it's, it's just something that pulls water out, yeah. But again, there's some that are potassium sparing, some mess with aldosterone, sodium, there's, again, it's, when you start looking at any one of these topics, you can go into a rabbit hole. Um, and again, it's, I tend to stick to two diuretics, uh, one mainly because I understand that one the most, um, and I can predict its results. Um, again, you'll have other people who use different ones. If I don't know them, again, I'll get, I'll get the books out, I'll read some um, studies, but these studies aren't being done on competitive bodybuilders, single-digit body fat, um, looking to go on stage and pose. So you need to then try and take the information from medical study and try and transpose that and go, how is this going to work on a client? If a client's dieting for 12, 16 weeks, don't want to go, oh, do, do I try something new? Oh. And, it, and it, it completely ruins their whole prep. So, yeah, it's diuretic pulls water out of the body. So the less water, the more visible the muscles are, the leaner you look. Yeah. I, I just want to cover, go back to the bit about covering the basics for assistance people. So... Uh, if people aren't necessarily doing the basics, so I guess like the context might be someone that is, you know, like 
the, the types of case studies maybe Ed's just talked about, about people in his gym. If they're not doing the basics right, what what do you think people's chances or how successful are they going to be in kind of achieve what they want to achieve in oh, just no, no. just through the assistance? Like how, basically, I'm trying. To, I don't know if you give it a percentage of how like I don't know if you're doing you know if you're lifting properly, you know your nutrition's on point, and then they're, they're assisted. You know, oh yeah, you have got all the chance in the world. If they're not doing those basics, but they're just taking steroids, what difference would it actually make to someone? Yeah, again, in the field, if we go back to studies, then there's studies looking at people who were assisted um, again for medical reasons but never exercised, they actually gained lean body mass and lost body fat. Uh Um, So, yeah, just the fact that your hormones are changing, um, yeah, there will be some assistance there that will help you change um, in a positive manner. I think probably the best way to describe it is just completely move away from the science and go, how many people in your gym, how many people around you do you know that use steroids? And how often, yeah, you'll get that, like you'll be starting the gym, Boom, instant gains. First cycle, boom, instant gains. Beyond that, how many guys in your gym change and get bigger, stronger, leaner, year on year? Very, very few. And so many of them rely on using um, gear, whatever else, to just to maintain the level of physique that they've got and not to progress. Um, again, if that's what you want to do, if you're at a level where you think, I like how I look, I'm happy doing this, um, and I just want to maintain that. Like, that's great, but very, very few of us go to the gym to stay the same. Mm-hmm. You, you want to make an improvement. Very few people really, really improve, and that's again. I talk to a lot of people, and they couldn't tell me how many calories they're consuming. They can't tell me their macro breakdown. Um, they don't know much about the split. Um, they don't know much. Uh, they don't log the lifts. They don't know the last time they actually kind of made any progress in strength but they can tell me every milligram of every drug they're taking. And they know that inside out because that's the focus, that's that's the magic bullet. And it's just not. It's, you know, I'm, I'm guilty of it myself. Um, currently, just, I'm actually just back to holiday, end up on a drip um, with some possible food poisoning and stuff like that. Um, I'm currently off cycle as well. Um, I'm waiting on a second hernia up, so there's no point in me using anything. I mean, I'm a couple of stone down right now. Um, and I'm... I'm sitting around about people meeting clients and I feel terrible because I'm used to being bigger, I'm used to being quite a big guy and whatever else and I don't feel like that right now, I mean I'm, I'm probably still sitting at over 16 stone um, 5'8", but I feel really small um, in comparison so yeah I've, as and when I get my hernia repaired I get back to the gym and start training and whatever else, get sorted I no doubt will jump on using something probably sooner than what I should I should start maxing out um, muscle memory without using anything and then go back on it to then utilise that to the best of my ability. But the chances are I won't feel like me again. I won't feel like the guy that I normally am and I'll just jump back on it. And again, mentally, I completely understand why people do it. But if you're spending the money on buying gear and protein and a gym membership and everything else, it's... And again, I'm, I'm no promoting coaching services, three of us are coaches here, but I'm no promoting coaching services, but if you don't have your nutrition nailed, your your training sorted, everything sorted, your rest, I mean, my clients have got a daily check, check sheet and it covers their sleep, their nutrition, their macros, um, their water intake, all these things, and it's like, if you're going to push yourself to the limit and, and take, basically take risks for your health, then 
why wouldn't you make sure that everything else is right? But like anything, it's 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 became so mainstream that a lot of people just want to use gear to look big in the pub, drink a pint. Um, and is that right? Is it wrong? That's, that's not my place to say. It's, it's, it's not my call. On on that then, so you're talking about obviously, you know, it's something we always advocate is, you know, is your training as optimal as possible, is your nutrition as optimal as possible, things like that. So obviously now we're now taking it to the next level. And like you say, if you want to take something, you know, this podcast isn't to say, oh, everybody should jump on something, but, you know, if some if somebody is sat there and they're on the fence, um, I see the conversations quite often in, with some of the, the PTs and stuff in the, in the gym, you know, oh, I'm thinking of taking stuff. Um, I remember one when, when I was training at Strength Asylum, he was speaking to one of the, the guys who works there, um, and he said, oh, I'm thinking of taking stuff, and it was in the changing room, so as I was changing... Now this lad, you, if if he had a slightly baggy t-shirt on, you would have never known he'd lifted. Um, and he was on about taking stuff, so that kind of triggered the question in my mind of if you were on the fence and you were wanting to get as big as possible, or you know wh- whatever you know you wanted to go into competing, or, or whatever the, the reason is, you're you're wanting to take these health risks. Um, when would you say would be the the best time, given Time's not an option, so sorry. Time is, you know, you've got as much time as you want, so you can say, you know, um, when when would be the best time for somebody to to start taking however much they, they need to just to, to start, you know, getting to that next level. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, it's, I mean, you really want to be using this. And again, I've, I've got a couple of female athletes who um, who use, um, but. I'll give you a couple of examples. Again, so what I'm, what I'm doing, one of these athletes is she is very aware that she doesn't want to get typical female side effects. Um, so we're literally doing very short cycles of very low doses, but we're getting her to a point where she's completely plateaued with her training um, and nutrition and everything else, reach a point where she's completely stalled, and then we'll use it to push beyond there and take it to a new level. Um, and again, um, a client... Recently, um, someone who's used in the past came to me, um, and what we done was he was off at the time, and we changed up his training and nutrition to get him to a point where he was as strong um, and as big as he could be without going back on, and then we put him back on to take him beyond that. Um, I mean, you're, lo- you're really looking for these things to, to kind of to supercharge what you're doing, to take you beyond the level of. Um, what you can achieve naturally. I mean, the, obviously, the the uh, utopia is that you 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 maximise your natural gains, um, and then you start it. But I mean, it's ad infinitum the line. Where do you draw is your natural gains? Obviously, they're going to slow down past a certain point. But where are your natural gains? I see. I trained from about fifteen. Uh, well, so I trained. I mean, I had a multi-generate fifteen-year-old. Um, but I was in spit and sawdust gyms for years and I used for the first time when I was 27. Um, and I know people, teenagers, who are using um, now. And it's, again, it's, it's not my place to say, is that, is that right? I, I don't agree with it. But everybody's got to make their own moral, moral choice um, to, to what they think is right for them. So, yeah, ideally, I would say maxima, maximise as much as possible your, your, your natural potential and then use it to push beyond there. Yeah, yeah, because it's scary how young some of these lads are when they're taking things. Um, 
yeah, because you think, oh God, your your genetic potential is definitely not that good at seventeen. <laughs> um, with with some lads, and it, yeah. it, it it is scary, it is crazy, and like I think, like we said before, you know, that it, it's becoming more socially acceptable. So I suppose that's a bit of a negative thing of it. And I know the media will try and say, oh, Love Island's the cause of all like overuse of steroids and it's like mm, if uh, if those guys are taking steroids some of them need their money back um but uh, <laughs> yeah uh, on, on that i was gonna say like obviously there was um and obviously it's it was what in the media so i'm sure we can talk about it but like obviously spencer matthews admitted didn't he the guy Ch- made in chelsea yeah. went on love uh celebrity get me out of here what it was he obviously got booted off didn't he because he admitted to, to obviously taking some form of drugs to obviously improve his physique because he was concerned about being on the show and not looking in tip-top condition and I guess like I know nothing about the guy um I don't watch the show or anything um so I don't really know kind of what his personality is like but I guess maybe someone might have struggled with his appearance or his thing for all his life and obviously in the public eye when you're on a show like that he just want to look he just wants to look good he don't want to you know so I guess like that's maybe easily why the same principle or concept of people in the gym yeah, they all want to look good. That's why they're going there. You know, like most people, um, and obviously you, I'm sure you guys will say for clients as well, This maybe not so many of the types of people you're getting from competitive athletes, Steve, but like your general pop person that comes to you, more often than not, is usually their motivation is they want to look better. They might leave that way, and they might like you might coach them through some of the more healthier um, habits and, and coach them into having kind of a bit more of a different motivational point in terms of health or, you know, other reasons, something a bit more deeper. But... Generally, they come to you to start with saying they want to look better, and that is usually because they just felt uncomfortable all their life around how they look. I know, I suppose, I know my my realm into the gym, into even this industry, completely came from that. Yeah, I mean, it's the actually the huge upsides are now in, in bodybuilding. Um, I've actually been fortunate enough in the last year to be asked to compare MC, whatever the word is, um, a couple of uh, the PC issues. Um, nothing too far down south. I don't know how you guys would cope with the accent. Um, so I've done that a couple of times, but the, the huge upsurge in the shows um, is in the men's physique and the ladies' bikini. It's at the lower levels. It's the the bodybuilding, the actual how you would think of bodybuilding, the, the big brutes. Um, uh, it's not quite dying, but it, it's certainly not the most popular. And obviously, it's a lot of old school bodybuilders maybe don't appreciate the men's physique and whatever else. They're maybe not into it. I mean, some, some of these guys have got phenomenal physiques. Huge, fantastic but the they're financially propping up the old school bodybuilding market because i mean some some of the bodybuilding classes i've seen have only got maybe three four guys i mean it's not uncommon for to have like one guy in a class a men's physique class will be 16 20 25 guys again the same with the ladies bikini classes and they've split they've now split that up to junior bikini masters bikini and all bikini uh, and trained bikini i mean there's, there's so many of them um and it's but there's a huge upsurge and, and I, I don't really think what you're down this again another rabbit hole of the whole um, how women's bodies are portrayed through the media, but it's, it's just as bad as men's bodies. Um, there is, as you're saying, I, I don't watch uh, um, the kind of TV program and stuff like that, but um, I know who the guy is, and it's like obviously he's got a huge pressure um, to stay in shape. Um, I mean, I, again, I, I'm. I'm uh, I'm making presumptions here, but let's look at the, the American stars. Um, Mr. Schwarzenegger, Stallone, Mickey Rourke, um, even to a lesser extent, Jason Statham, I mean, the, the, the Rocks won for sure. Um, 
the, it's, it's slightly different over there where you can go to your doctor and you can get prescribed um, hormones and you can get prescribed growth hormone, testosterone, all these kind of things. Um, but the, 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 the male image um, has certainly changed dramatically. I mean, hugely changed. Um, and there obviously is going to be pressure, especially on anyone in the media, um, to look good um, basically year-round, which as we know, it's you, you've got a photo shoot coming up, quick diet, a bit of cardio, lose a few pounds. But maintaining that year-round if you're in, in a public eye, it's must be so much pressure. Mm-hmm. I just want to touch back on, so you mentioned around like it being a bit different in America and you've been able to go to a doctor and get them prescribed. Um, I wanted to kind of like say, well, what do you think are like the health risks involved for two kind of scenarios? So one being kind of like almost that scenario where obviously it's different in America, but let's just bring it back to the UK. So imagine someone's obviously seeking support and help from an expert like yourself. What are the health risks of people that are kind of taking it properly? Because obviously I guess, uh, and I am making assumptions, so correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm guessing there's always going to be some health risks involved taking any medication, um, no matter how well placed it is compared to someone as well that is just getting off someone in a uh, I'll be honest like in a gym changing room or you know a back alley <laughs> or whatever yeah. um I guess like how, how how would you kind of like give people advice in terms because I know it's logical to say always go seek an expert opinion obviously but I guess like what what, what really are the consequences of not doing that I suppose is the question I'm asking yeah. Now, well, actually, perfect example, just yesterday, I mean, that, uh, one of my clients, well, he, he sent it a couple of days ago, but I've been doing a bit of um, reading up and um, just checking some stuff for him. He went and got a full blood panel done. Um, he's been to his GP, um, believes he has low, low hormone levels, low testosterone levels, been to his GP. You're within normal ranges, carry on. Um, so he went and got some private testing done, and he is like, I mean, I think the reference range is like from, that's it. Uh, eight nanomoles to about 30 nanomoles um, and he's like nine point something so he's at the very very bottom of the reference range you're talking a guy I believe oh, top of my head maybe mid-twenties late-twenties or something who should be I mean kind of at a reasonable level of, of testosterone and his doctors just uh, offer him no assistance whatsoever so obviously he's then looking to um, supplement that himself and kind of whereas if that was in the States and you had a good medical insurance policy um, obviously, someone's paying for it. Someone's making money off it. Um, you're going to get help in a heartbeat. Um, going back to the the health implications, um, it was a line from what was that program? Generation Iron, where they went to several doctors, uh, and it's obviously again the legalities in the states are, hu- are hugely different as well. But he was at, his line was show me the bodies. So, I mean, show me who's dying from steroid use. Uh, and I wouldn't go as far to say that no one has ever died from steroid use, but it's, it's usually through um, long-term abuse and not getting any um, assistance or support to look at your health markers. I mean, if you're doing something, it's going to increase, increase your blood pressure, um, which training does anyway. I mean, everyone who trains will have an enlarged heart, they'll have a creatinine levels, will be maybe not off the charts, but they'll be out of whack. Uh, there's various things just by training that you, if your doctor didn't know you lifted, oh, this isn't quite right. So again, um, it can affect kidneys, it can affect the liver. Um, again, the enlarged heart thing can be quite a consequence if you're lifting more than your body would naturally be able to lift. 
Um, but it's, it's more so long-term abuse. Um, lipids are another thing as well. Various um, steroids affect your lipid levels. So again, you really need to look at supplementing um, krill oil, omega-3s. Uh, there's also um, various other things out there. I mean, one of the other guys that works on the Train by JP site, a guy called uh, Dean St. Mark, who's a, I think he's a PhD in biology. He works with a company, um, a supplement company, producing some very, very high-grade supplements. And I mean, I'm talking like vitamins, minerals, liver cleansers, and all legal stuff, nothing dodgy, but the, the, the quality of these things is superb. Another one, a company called uh, Strom, who made a product in conjunction with Dave Crossland, which covers heart health, liver health, kidney health, blood pressure, everything all in one. Um, and I've actually seen guys who are using this while on cycle, and their health markers are actually improving while they're on cycle, where obviously you'd expect that while you're using something, your health markers would slow deteriorate. They're actually improving because of this product. So it's... Again, the more mainstream it's becoming, obviously that is an issue. But again, there's there's a flip side to that where it's becoming more mainstream. So people are coming, becoming more aware of the problems um, and they're looking to solve those issues. Um, we should touch back to, to Jordan. Um, he probably spends more money on health supplements than he does on performance enhancing stuff. He is so health aware. I mean, the, the number of things he takes um, is, is unbelievable. Absolutely unbelievable. And again, anyone who is wanting to push their size, really push the boundaries of what should be possible for a human body, needs to be aware that they are possibly doing some damage. I mean, let's, I just said, Brett, the, the side effects of vitamin C include death. I mean, you, you, can, be, you can be stupid with anything. Um, but, I mean, if your doctor says to you, you've got low testosterone levels, take this testosterone, that's perfectly fine. But if you go and seek that yourself and use it, it's drug abuse. So there's there's got to be a, there's a huge grey area in there, uh, yeah. and there's there is no doubt people are abusing things, um, but sometimes it's just it's so hush hush because it is a grey area that you don't really know what they're doing, what's caused it. Um, I mean, there's companies out there now that are doing you can get, do blood testing, order the kit online, send your blood away, and they'll send you your blood results back, full blood panel of your hormones, your lipids, um, all health markers, livers, kidney, everything else. Um, red blood cell count is another one. You can get completely thick blood when using steroids. Um, and obviously, if you're, if you're injecting steroids, then you can't give blood um, to the, uh, the blood, blood bank. So um, you then get this possibility of thick blood. Uh, red blood cell count can get very high, which can cause other issues. So it's there's a multitude of issues. But I mean, if, if you're talking about someone who wants to take the very low end of the cycles, um, isn't pushing things, the, the health risks are they're really quite minimal. Um, they're really quite minimal. Um, yeah. it's, it's it's probably no worse for you worse for you than going out for a weekend to have a few drinks. Sure. Um, so it's I mean there's sliding scale everything here. It depends what end that you're talking about. But for your listener, someone who's looking to maybe take the first second cycle back to testosterone, Anavars a common one as well at the start. Um, it's the the the. Again, I need to caveat this because obviously some people are um, got genetic predispositions to conditions. I mean, uh, one of the guys we know very well, all of us, um, Paul Scarborough. Um, Paul's obviously having some some kidney issues, going through a lot of medication, whatever else. Um, people would probably presume that that was because of what Paul's done his whole life with a competitive thing. Um, but he's got a genetic predisposition. He's got a condition to that. Have 
the has his use contributed towards it? You'd, you'd need to ask Paul. But the chances are he'd have probably had kidney issues in his life anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's been, I'm not saying that it doesn't do any harm, but the amount of harm it does do is grossly overplayed. Um, yeah. Unless you are really taking the piss, which some people do. Yeah. I, I, I was going to say, just very, very quickly on the back of that, um, I think, like you were saying, oh, you, they can straight away get the, 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 the blame for things. Like, you look in the last 12 months, lost two kind of one up and coming bodybuilder. Dallas MacArthur, he choked on a bit of food. Was that anything to do with the steroids? No, but it was to do with the fact that he was eating so much because he was massive. Um, but he choked on food. That could happen to, to anybody. Uh, it does happen to people every single day. But straight away, people, oh, he must have had a heart attack because he choked because he uh, is so big and he's on steroids. Uh, but it's like, no, he choked on food. And then Rich Piana as well, another one that people were probably more heard of. Um, and it's like, oh, well, you know, he died because of whatever the cause is. And it's like, well, was it the fact that he was pushing a lot of drugs or was it a fact that he was pushing a lot of rec- 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 recreational drugs as well? And it's just like people jump to, to, to the one conclusion. Uh, Caveat right there, we don't know he was we don't pushing know. We don't know. recreational but... drugs. Just in case anyone tries to sue us. Head on the grapevine. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, if you look at the Dallas one, Dallas was, again, cap- Caveat known, I'm saying known in the air comments here, he was rumoured to be really, really pushing the drug side of things, hmm. which let's be honest, isn't a surprise. Yeah. Young guy achieving huge levels of mass um, in a short, a short space of time. Um, but there's also rumours of the fact that was he possibly um, going hypo at the time due to insulin use and whatever. I mean, again, it's, it's not nice to discuss someone who's off the past, but there, there was very, various comments on what was he doing that could have contributed to it? Um, um, again, no one knows. Um, absolute tragedy, shame, way too young to be lost. But um, did what he was doing contribute to it? Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Um, to move over to, to the rich one, and this is something that's becoming really common, is guys who are into recreational drugs using steroids to look good. And kind of to coin a, an old cliche here, burning the candle at both ends, that can be a huge, huge issue. A huge yeah. issue. Because the chances are if you're going to do recreational, you're doing it at the weekend. Um, which then gives you the, the rest of the week off, give your body half a chance to repair. But if you're doing that at the weekend and then you're using steroids and putting pressure on um, kidneys, liver, everything else, then I, mean, I think one of the major, um, again, I'm not educated on this subject, but I think one of the major issues with, with uh, coke use is the, the spike in blood pressure damaging kidneys. So if your blood pressure is constantly elevated by high steroid use, um, and then you're doing that at the weekends and your body's never getting any kind of respite from it, it's, it's obviously going to be a, an even larger contributing factor. Um, and that's obviously becoming... Again, from my point of view, when I was... Before I started using it, it was like, you know you had to know the big guy in a gym. You had to know what you're talking about. And it was only the, the biggest guys that used, and it was very hush-hush down in the very back corner of the gym, and no one really talked about it. Now it's really quite open. Um, people are talking about it left, right, and centre. Most people can access it through routes that are very, very easily accessible these days. Um, almost too accessible, possibly. Um, but it's very easy for someone to get that and to say, if, if they think they can look good, well having a drink and doing a few lines at the weekend, um, it's a route that a lot of people take. 
Um, but it's something to be particularly careful and, and wary of. Yeah, <coughs> um, so just just bringing it back to like, the point, you're right. The point of uh, you mentioned JP and the fact that he he takes so many things to do with his health reminds me of um, another podcast that did uh, an interview on Dave, um, and we shall not name that podcast here. Um, but they he was talking about a couple of things. So one was was kind of that point in that I remember him saying that the amount of actual um, anabolics he takes or, or, or whatever or androgens, they, the cost of those, the amount of those is actually quite small. He said, I remember him saying, obviously one of the biggest things is actually all of the other things he have to take to, to essentially put himself in the best possible place so that he's in the healthiest possible place as well. Because obviously, like you say, the focus on it is, is key. Um, so I just want to bring it back to and highlight that. Cause I just want to ask the question, like in terms of like the cost then. So, What's like the typical amount of money people will spend on both those parts? So, and I suppose food as well. So, obviously, you've got the cost of the drugs, you've got the cost of all the other drugs you have to counteract the drugs, and then you've got the cost of all the food. Yeah, I mean, it's again, if 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 we go back to the the very basic side of looking at someone first first cycle, um, you're probably looking at something like um, a couple hundred milligrams of testosterone, maybe 250, 300 milligrams of testosterone. would be enough to give someone a very effective first cycle. Commonly quoted on most of the online forums is near maybe 500 milligrams of testosterone. Um, again, average male upper levels are kind of like maybe 50 milligrams per week. So you're looking at five times to 10 times your, your natural production. But um, pharmaceutical grade testosterone is commonly dosed at 250 milligrams per mil. So if you went for a very low end cycle, and you used a typical underground lab type place, it, and that so they tend to come in like ten mil vial. So if you're using one mil of that a week at two hundred and fifty milligrams, which is probably two two and a half times a TRT type dose, then I mean again it depends on who you're getting it from, where you are in the food chain, and whatever else. But it's less than the cost of a tub of protein. I mean you're talking between thirty and forty pounds. Uh, and at the lowest end of the dosing, um, that's going to last you 10 weeks, which is probably enough for a cycle. Yeah. So, I mean, minimal cost. Now, um, let's go for a very extreme example here. Um, Austin Lloyd, um, I dare say you've probably seen something about him. He was talking about using like 13 gram of um, steroids at one point. So, I mean, you then do the maths of other things are more expensive. Trenbolone's more expensive. Primabolin is particularly more expensive. Um, so you could be in the regions of 40, 50 pound a bottle, but at 13 grams per week, depending on the dosing, I mean, you're, you're looking at kind of like dozens of bottles per week. Um, so you're looking at hundreds of pounds, but then you're looking, as you say, uh, are you also going to use growth hormone to support that? Growth hormone, um, again, the pharmaceutical stuff is very, very expensive, hugely fake now, but for that reason. Um, but you could be looking at anything from... I don't know, a pharmaceutical grade pen would be probably a couple of hundred pounds for every one these days. And depending on what level you're using, you could get through that in a week, maybe two, at the high end of the dosing. So you could be looking at, at the very, very top end. But again, this is really depends where you are on the sliding scale of the food chain. Everything, every, every market has got um, a sliding scale, depending on where you sit in there. So are you paying the lower end because you're fortunate to know someone that knows someone? Uh, or are you buying off the guy in the gym who knows someone and knows someone, etc., etc., so on? And 
everyone sticking their little bit on it to make some money. Um, so the, the, the prices obviously change, but yeah, you, you could have guys who are quite possibly spending hundreds of pounds per week on it. Um, at, the, at the highest end. What's your kind of your typical spend then to like the, a lot of the guys that say you you coach who um, you know do whatever levels they do. What what's what's the typical spend across your sort of your clients? Uh, again, it's again there's a range of clients there, so it's hard to say. But if we go for let's say a typical um, intermediate cycle of a few hundred milligrams of testosterone, maybe a bit of androlone and possibly an oral. Um, you're looking at, I said, do this in the head. Um, a couple of hundred pounds for maybe 10, 12 weeks. Um, so looking at that then, it's not actually that costly, it's, really, it's, is it? Yeah, you know, it's, it's like anything. It's like, you know, how much does a car cost? I mean, yeah. What carry, what, what carry are you talking about? How fast do you want to go? Um, it's, there's, there's, a, there's a range of everything, but yeah. Um, a kind of intermediate, low-level kind of intermediate person want to do a cycle. Um, and the thing is, is unless you're really, really pushing the boundaries, there's no need to go beyond that. There's really very little need to go far beyond that. So um, it's a case of um, how much do you really want to push things um, and how hard do you want to go. But for, if you take one of you guys and you've done maybe two or three cycles properly, um, nutrition on point, training on point, everything else, you would literally expect for people to jaw drop at the change in you over the case of maybe two or three cycles, let's say 12 months, um, you've not seen someone in a year, you walk down the street, I would expect you to have gained at least um, a stone, £20 of solid muscle mass over that year. Um, as there's I say, that's as much muscle as people gain in, in the whole lifetime, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, there's obviously a declining curve. You're not, first cycle, first couple of cycles, you're going to make huge gains. It then slows after that, and you're trying, that's what I'm saying. People will, you go, boom, noticeably, oh, that lad's on the gear. You, you can tell. I mean, you can tell different look, different shape. The traps pop up, the delts get round. You can just see it. But um, there's a declining curve. The same as with the natural guys, there's a declining curve. But that then pushes people to go, right there, what's next? Growth hormone, right, what's next? Insulin, what's next? IGF, what's next? I mean, if, if you look at IGF, for example, you know, if, if you use growth hormone, the component of that um, growth hormone gets converted into liver and the IGF, IGF um, is reported to be hugely anabolic. To get pharmaceutical grade IGF, you're looking at about a £1,000 a bottle. And don't get wrong, that would last you a few cycles. But, uh, yeah, super expensive stuff. Uh, I guess like, a lot of this talk hasn't even really covered, like I say, the cost of other drugs that people use to, to help with the health side of it as well. Yeah, no, it's, but it's, it's not even the, the cost of the, the health side because if you're increasing your testosterone, there's a good distinct possibility you're going to have to manage your estrogen. As soon as you increase your testosterone, your estrogen is going to increase to try and stay in a, basically like kind of, almost in a ratio Um to that, and you want you don't want high estrogen. You want some estrogen. You don't want high estrogen. Uh, that's what then leads to gynecomastia, coronal's bitch tits. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you can always tell when get, somebody's not managing it properly because when they take the top off, they get like a saggy nipple, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, um, uh, no matter how it, 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 yeah. it, it, it's becoming more common as well, and competitors to see them with. Um, I mean, obviously, when we're, we're kind of formed in the in the womb. Up to a certain point, we're all kind of, what's the word I'm looking for here? 
Um, but we're both male and female up to a certain point. Um, so men have nipples for basically no other reason than the fact that they were they were there. But you do still have the gland behind it, and if your estrogen levels or progesterone levels are high enough, that will start forming. Um, and that's when you end up, even the guys on stage, and you can see this little pointy lump. Um, again, you've probably seen it in guys who've got it through teenage, just through hormone imbalance. Um, it's not uncommon, but it's getting more and more common to see it on stage by people who are using drugs and not understanding the implications of, if you do this, you need to do that. If you're doing this, you need to manage that. Um, and that's when it becomes quite uh, quite complex. Yeah, I, I was going to say, like, um, it, through teenage years, it is reasonably common for people to obviously suffer from um, gynecomastia, isn't it? And I guess, like, as well, that I've, I know of a few people where it's actually happened again through adult life, for whatever reason. Yeah reason and i guess some of that is to do with some excess weight gain as well so how much of that is actually so is what you consider breast tissue in air quotes or how much of it is kind of like body fat but just the, the distribution of it as well obviously kind of makes them feel uncomfortable because it you know it's not particularly a masculine form is it so yeah, yeah. i mean we're talking about on stage i literally talking about something the size of a small coin but as, it, when someone's at single le digit level body fat it's, it's clear to see that a little lump yeah. in that corner kind of pointing out, um, which people should lose points for. Um, a lot of top-end bodybuilders will actually go and get surgery and get the gland cut out completely so it can't happen again. Yeah. Um, just just to completely stop that being an issue. Yeah, sure. I, get, I, I mean, we had a question from uh, someone in our, our um, nutrition group, Lena. She, she asked, like, what are the chances of females developing male? So females that obviously are taking drugs. Um, developing like male characteristics. Uh, uh, no, sorry, carry on, mate. No, I was just saying, and she did go into like a couple of variants of what, again, air quotes, female-friendly types of drugs. So she makes like Anavar and Winstrol. So it's like a couple of drugs that are like a bit more female-friendly, I guess. Like, I don't know if you want to cover anything on that. Yeah, no, no worries. Um, the, again, I would, I would draw a line there between Anavar and Winstrol and say Anavar is, yeah, very, very commonly um, female-friendly. Um, very low on the androgenic scale, but um, quite high in anabolic. I'll go into that in a second, actually, just to realise we'll cover that. But one stroke is a lot stronger in the androgenic, but it also binds um, very strongly um, to what we call SHBG, sex hormone binding globulin. Um, and that can increase male characteristics. Something that's quite potent binding SHBG can be a lot more potent. Um, I mean, a lot, a, lot, a lot of females use one stroke to, again, but here comes here harden up closer to a show um but yeah they're, they're not quite on the same level anavar and winstrol anavar i mean is, is prescribed um for kids with burns um as an anabolic to promote healing and all that sort of thing um anavar's again sliding scale here if you're, if you're talking about using five milligrams of anavar um or are you talking about using 100 100 uh 50 200 milligrams which is been quick 50 to 100 is a common male dose Mm -hmm. About 10 milligrams is a common female dose. Mm -hmm. Over a hat, again, I've seen females pushing up to 50 milligrams, um, which is kind of pushing things. I think the highest after a female client is about 20, um, coming up to a show. Um, to the, the whole female thing, um, if you're going to use any external hormone which is going to promote androgenicity, then, yeah, I mean, there's... I don't want to get too personal, but yeah, there's um, a genital enlargement. Um, there is increased hair growth. There's a deepening of the voice. 
sometimes you can almost see a change in bone shape around the jaw, etc. I mean, but then it, that's hard to balance because if someone becomes bigger and leaner, are they just looking more masculine in the face because they're leaner, which is, tends to be a more male characteristic? Um, or is that side effect of other drugs? But yeah, I, as I said, one of my female clients, we're looking while she's competing to probably do two cycles of anavar per year. So one during her um, prep to hold on to muscle as the calories come down um, to basically kind of minimise catabolism. And then one during the off-season when we take her to a kind of peak level of strength and we'll push beyond that to try and maximise muscle growth in the off-season. But we're going to be talking about, let's say, six or eight weeks each um, and then spending another kind of 36 weeks or whatever a year off and not using it. Um, quite often it's the the length of time on um, that really causes the issues because your body's not getting any downtime from it. Obviously, the uh, again, it's if you if you start digging around the net and start really digging into what some females are doing. Um, I mean, let, let, let's be honest. It's, again, this isn't my place to say is this right or is it wrong. It's a personal choice. But you see some of the high end physique bodybuilding female competitors. And they most certainly have developed male characteristics. Um, each person obviously has to draw their own line as to where, what they want to do, who they want to do it for, and what risks they want to take. And that's it's not my place to do that. I actually terminated a client because she she pulled out a show and wouldn't come off the the drug cycle we had her on. And I'm like, no, no, you need to take a bit of time off. And she refused to do it. And I'm like, ah. I can't work with you. It's just, it's, to me, it's not ethical. Um, but I think she, again, there's possibly, is, is there a mental issue there that she she feels she needs um, to prove something? I, I, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not a psychologist. But yeah, the again, it's, it's grossly overplayed because you, you tend to look at female bodybuilding as, the again, the big girls. Um, but female bodybuilding these days is a huge percentage of um, bikini, there's a new class called wellness in one of the federation, which um, again is kind of sporty looking, um, and there's a push towards the lower end of things, where uh, I would say it's probably not required, um, no doubt some women are doing it, some will, some won't, um, but again that depends on your natural genetic ability, um, which again is another huge sliding scale. Uh, if you look at pictures of the likes of Lee Priest um, when he was like 13, 14 year old, um, most of us would kill for that level of muscularity and leanness. Um, and unless he's someone was giving him stuff at that age, which I highly doubt, um, it just shows you how um, genetically predisposed he is to building muscle and having that shape. And um, mm. most of us don't have that. So again, this is where the whole the argument of what are the pros doing? Well, are they doing the same as I do? but they just get 10 times better results than what I do from it, or are they doing 10 times drugs? Um, from what I've seen, they're probably doing less than what a lot of guys in the gym are doing, um, and, and, and safer as well. Again, not all of them, um, but yeah. You do yeah, hear some horror stories, don't you? Um, obviously, like most recently with Luke Sando and the, you know, the amount of... Uh, uh, what's it? Um, is it Diazepan he was on? No, dies eye. Yeah, dies eye. Ties of pans. Uh, yeah, something completely <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, yeah, and you sort of, you know, it, it, so they do push it obviously at that pro level. Um, 
uh, you do hear some horror stories. But just saying about the, the, the female uh, competitors, they actually stopped doing women's bodybuilding, didn't they, in the IFBB, so in the, in the pro ranks, they stopped stop that and they said, yeah. right, okay, let's bring it down a class because it was getting ridiculous. Like they were bigger than most of the blokes. Uh, the, the, the the thing to look at there is um it's uh almost like kinda a self fulfilling prophecy. If you if the person that wins is the most muscular, the leanest, the one with the densest muscle as old tail bodybuilding actually dictates that's the winner. And the chances are that's the female with the, the least female characteristics. So it goes back to that thing again of what are you willing to risk to be the best at your sport? I think there's a poll on the Olympic athletes like, would you take something that would kill you in five years if you got a gold? And a lot of them said yes. Yeah. So yeah. Um, if you're up there on stage and you think someone's doing something you're not doing and that's why they've beaten you, um, then yeah, it becomes a bit of a what are you wanting to do? And I say that, that that's where it becomes a very personal thing. Um, again, discussion with a, a new client took on yesterday was you tell me what your previous doses were. I'm not going to dictate to you uh, steroid doses um, because there's a huge sliding scale of how people react to stuff there. And like, tell me what you're used to doing and we'll start probably lower than that uh, and then we'll start tapering for there and see what reaction we get um, just to be safe. Um, there's just, there's a, let's say, it's such a huge topic. I know obviously a lot of your listeners are kind of be looking and going, I just thought it was a few guys taking a few pills and, couple of injections to get big but no it's, it's a massive massive scene huge yeah definitely um obviously we've taken up loads of your time mate so um i don't mm. want to take up too much more you've been very very generous and i'll be honest i'm gonna go as far as this is one of my favorite if not the most favorite episode i've done so far i've been saying um, for months about this episode never was like oh yeah. i don't know i don't know so just to prove i was right i don't think i was one of the ones saying i don't know but I, and also i'm not sure i think it's more obviously it's just a, a for a lot of people it's a controversial subject and like steve like you said in in your circles this is like talked about as if it's you know like any other supplement yeah, so no it's, it's perfect no do you want me to just run through the rest of the questions we had here just try and quickly knock well, some of them off yeah i'll just got one more before we do just because i i don't know whether this will be in people's minds and it's certainly in my mind and i know you have kind of touched on it but i was going to ask like how permanent are some of the adaptations to it so you said about you come off your cycle and obviously you're so much weight down um, yeah. i guess psychologically there's obviously a bit of a problem with a lot of people and that you know you see the weight the, the scale weight go down and you obviously psychology are um negative tuned to it, i suppose but i guess like is, is it something like you're never going to ever be that big and it dramatically drops in terms of kind of like your, your muscle size if you stop, say, forever? Or is it something there are some, will there always be a bit of a, a hangover once you're taking it? Well, that, that again depends on how far beyond your genetic ability you've gone. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you look at Dorian Yates, for example, and Dorian still trains, whatever else, I mean, I think he still sits around like 17, 18 stone or something. He's still a, still a, a muscular man, but he's not Dorian. He's not the guy that kind of we've seen in the the eighties, that big hard guy look, and he's still training. Is he still using as a testosterone replacement level thing with the levels of gear use he had? Uh, sort of the the duration he had. It's quite possible that he's he's had to go into kind of like a testosterone replacement therapy type thing. That's um, just just on that. It's just, just so people don't know, it's because obviously his body's naturally probably stopped producing testosterone for all the gear he's taken for so long. Is basically yeah. Well, that, that's kind of where I'm just now is trying to recover that. Um, which can be quite a lengthy process. Um, obviously, the longer you're on it and the harder the stuff you take, the more you take, the, the harder that becomes. Um, but yeah, sorry, if you go back to the, what you're saying there, um, 
if you continue to train properly, eat properly, push yourself in the gym, um, again, you probably will be more muscular. Your body has kind of adapted to be bigger and stronger than it probably should have been. Uh, and just with levels of muscle memory, tendon strength, etc., the chances are you will retain some of that. Again, what percentage of that you're going to retain is completely genetic and um, down to how hard you really want to push yourself. Um, in the gym, and as we know, we, the other 23 hours of the day outside the gym having the nutrition, absolutely nailed. The the big component there, which is a huge issue, um, again, hands up, I'm, I'm guilty of this one, is if you're not using something, then you think, well, what's the point of really yeah. making sure everything's right? I mean, I'll have a couple of beers tonight. I'll, I mean, with me, I I had uh, hernia surgery in January, and my body's currently rejecting the mesh, and it's pushing out through the umbilical hernia. Excuse me. Um, so I can't squat heavy, I can't deadlift heavy. I was basically doing full body workouts because I couldn't push myself in the gym. So, and doing a full body, getting a quick pump, but it was enough to feel still me. I wasn't as big as I had been before. I wasn't stronger than I been before. I was still maintaining some level of reality. Um, no, normality, sorry, kind of um, about how I was and how I normally was. I mean, that's, as I say, 10 years I've been doing this now, um, like taking gear and training. So it kind of becomes, kind of becomes part of who you are. Um, it becomes almost, you said at the start, the big guy. It's like, I don't particularly see myself that way, but I, like, I kind of like what other people do. Well, that's about it. it just becomes part of kind of who you're known as. So the fact that I've been on holiday, I'm not taking anything. I got quite ill to the point I ended up with a drip in. Um, bowel movements are excessive at the moment, not digesting food properly. It's it's just this, whoa. And psychologically, yes, yeah, affecting me. Of course it is. Um, I mean, I'm not jumping back on right now. Um, I'm trying to get my natural testosterone levels back, possibly look at fertility levels. not going to that publicly. Um, but, yeah, that's something possibly looking at just now. Um, and it does affect you psychologically. I mean, I, if I have people who, and again, if you look at the sliding scale here, if, if I get a young guy coming to me and go, I want to take steroids, I will tend to say to them, look, have a long, hard think about this, because if you start, the chances are you won't stop. I mean, if I could say to either of you guys, look, there's a new supplement coming out, completely natural, no side effects, but you're going to be bigger, you're going to be stronger, you're going to recover faster, you're going to look better. Of course you would take it. HMB, of course yeah. you would take it. <laughs> yeah, that, that old chestnut, that study. Um, but yeah, it's, I mean, if I could offer you something, I mean, again, it's the, the natural competitors. Um, if there's something natural competitors can take that's, that's not on the band list, a lot of them would be taking that, whether it was natural or not natural. If it's not on that list, they'll take any edge they can get. So everyone wants to look and feel better um, and just say look good. So if something makes it easier for you to look good, um, have increased muscle mass, it's easier to stay leaner, you're stronger in the gym, um, you can have um, more slip-ups in your diet and whatever else because your metabolism is faster, you're lifting more. Everyone's going to want that. So psychologically, when you don't have that, uh, yeah, it can become a bit of an issue. But on the other end of the scale, um, again, I won't give too much detail. Emma's dad has been kind of... Um, fighting cancer for some time. He's, he's, he's generally one of these guys. He's, he's tend to be. He's, he's fine. He's just on medication daily. Um, but he he broke his hip there. Um, and I don't know about research on the various studies. And there's studies on actually females who have used uh, nandrolone 
um, calling on his Decker, if anyone's kind of like the typical word. And the recovery, I think, was like 300% better on the women who were given the Nandrolone um, for collagen increase, muscle strength increase, which is going to take the pressure off the bone and all that sort of thing. So that there is also um, other sides to look at of where it's actually a very positive thing and people should be advised to do it. But the stigma of the other side of it pushes doctors away from kind of prescribing that. Uh, I mean, would using something that's anabolic and uh, help a 60-year-old man who is much frailer than what he should be increase his muscle mass, um, which then means he can get out of the house more, he can do more exercise, which then in turn increases his stamina, then in turn increases his hunger, means he eats more, he eats better. Again, it's one of these things where it just, everything adds up. And if taking the very tiny risk of using a very small amount of a drug to do that, why wouldn't you? Right. And again, I, I'm, I'm not an endocrinologist, I'm, I'm not someone that works with cancer patients every day. There, there's possibly reasons there why he completely shouldn't. Um, but we took the studies to his, his doctors and had um, discussions around it. Um, I mean, again, uh, if you've got, let's say, for example, your mum came home one day and went, I oh, went to the doctor, having a lot of issues, doctors put me on HRT. Right, okay, you might be a bit interested, are you okay, mum, are you this, are you that, but you wouldn't really blink an eye after you've been put on HRT. If your dad came home with amps of testosterone, you'd be like, holy shit, dad, what's this? Yeah. On steroids? But it's hormone replacement therapy, um, which is, I mean, if you look at the the anti-aging side of it, I think it's one of the questions as well about kind of um, uh, affecting a impact, shorten or impact your life. There is also a complete flip side to that of could the, could use of things um, actually extend your life, um, and could it also increase the quality of your life as it starts to decline as well? Um, I mean, that's not what we're looking at for sports side sports side of things, but there is reasons um, or implications where these things can be used um, for um, positive results as well as the the stigma of um, just bodybuilding. Sorry, Mike. It's on me. Um, you see it quite often with uh, in animals. They quite often give um, steroid injections, um, and also when you're uh, quite often when you've had or pre-surgery, quite often they give uh, like a steroid injection straight into the joint. Um, yeah, yeah, uh, it's all quite common. So yeah, it is being used for for. I don't want to say for the good, uh, but for in a in a in a health. Uh, space in hospitals in a clinical setting there we go uh, yeah yeah no, but the, the, the thing is is, is is the same drugs hmm. it's just they're being used for different reasons yeah, yeah. Um, but again again you could, you, could, you could take that um, um, that point of view with uh, opiates and uh, kind of addicts as well I mean they're, they're probably using the same drugs for pain relief as these people are using kind of to just cope with day to day life it's like the um, hemp oils at the moment isn't it the, it's in the news quite a lot um, for people with um, uh, what's it shot? Uh, uh, seizures and stuff. Have people having seizures and using hemp oil to, to help reduce epilepsy? That. Epilepsy. <laughs> I just can't, even, can't can't get any of my words out this morning. It's still too early. Yeah. <laughs> some of the some of the results you see when you watch the videos on that stuff are, are astounding. Absolutely astounding. Again, I'm a, I'm no educated on it at all. I've been quite tempted um, with some of the the, the uh, CBD stuff, um, the the non THC CBD stuff. Um, 
from we talking to people, the, the relaxation, anti-inflammation. Um, I mean, it certainly makes it interesting reading. Not something I've tried myself, um, but certainly something that I, I kind of have um, had my interest peaked a little bit to, to do some more looking into. Mm. Is there um, anything we haven't covered so far, mate, that you want um, to talk about? Today? I'm actually just reading your questions here. I think, um, I think we've gone through most of them. It, yeah, in there some was sort one of roundabout way. There was one along the lines of as less as less is less is more. Yeah. Um, uh, again, there's it depends on what you're after. Um, I mean, uh, again, if you go onto the, the Train by JP site, um, there's also a question that was tied into this one about a beginner's guide. Um, again, I'm, I'm not promoting people just go and sign up to Jordan's site by any means, but he does have videos on how to do your first cycle. Um, and again, from a beginner's point of view, you only need a small amount to make a big difference. Um, it's as I said, the, the natural hormone levels compared to using one shot, possibly two shots per week or whatever, uh, you're looking at five times, ten times your natural hormone levels. If you can't make some gains on that, um, you need to have a long, hard look at your training and nutrition. Um, so, yeah, it's it, as less more. Um, in some settings, yeah, um, be as safe as you can, use as little as you can, use it as safely as you can, milk your cycles completely dry again by making sure you're training hard enough and your nutrition's on point. Um Say doing a couple of cycles on small doses, you should be a very impressive physique. Um, the guys at the upper echelons of this thing who are um, really pushing things, different ball game. That's not even worth discussing just now. Um, and yeah, beginners guys, say there's, there's there's tons of stuff on the net, but like anything on the net, it's not filtered. Um, just try and be careful where you get your info from, and that's why I say the the, the um, Jordan site does have guides, and he yeah, actually does a video on your first cycle, what to do and what to use, etc. And how to do it safely. And also there's, there's forums on there to ask questions. So tons of info. Um, and it's discussed very openly. Yeah, on, on that as well, just to add, I suppose, if you jumped straight in at the deep end and you were taking um, you were taking your, your testosterone, you were taking growth hormone, you were taking insulin, just because you've got the money to do it. And if you were taking absolutely everything on your first cycle, where are you going to go for your next cycle? And the cycle after that, yeah. it's, it's like with with calories, you're trying to gain weight or whatever. If you go straight to five thousand calories a day, you're going to put on a whole ton of fat, but you've got nowhere to to kind of yeah, you know, uh, no, it's, yeah. Well, it's, it's the same thing we um with dieting, um, and that's what I'm saying. The, the number of tools there is assistance wise. So if I've got a client who is assisted this dieting for a show, and after one every type of fat burner when they are twelve weeks out, what am I going to do when things stall? So I want to use good nutrition, good training, um, and manage everything to the point when things stall, and then I've got these tools, and then I can go, right, let's let's use these when the same thing, the exact same thing you guys would do with your natural clients, you would do, um, let's spend the calories in a little bit, let's up your steps, let's do a little bit of cardio, a little more intense in the gym, and everything just flips around, and they just start getting leaner week on week, and you're just really looking for a couple of pound drop um, every week to get them in good shape but when that stalls um, if you've used all your tools by that point which is the point I made earlier about um, people need to lose a few pounds and go I'm going to get some clean, I'm going to get some T3 I'm going to get some um, whatever else um, it's, you should really be using this, leaving this stuff until you actually stall and then implementing this tool to push beyond there um, but look anything everybody wants everything um, yeah. Yesterday, basically. Cool. Uh, no, no, uh, no. 
Yeah, I think we've covered viralisation effects. We kind of touched on there. Yeah. Um, again, it's, it's, it's a, I the conception of my first child um, happened while uh, while using stuff, which um, shouldn't be able to happen. It was a complete surprise to to me and her mum, my ex partner. Complete surprise, and but certainly can happen. I know numbers of people who have, who have happened to. I also know numbers of people who have done quite low doses of steroids and have taken months to get their um, sperm levels back um, to where they should be. Just quickly again, touch on that. If you're looking at, if you introduce an exogenous hormone into your body, your body then has no reason now to keep producing any testosterone. If your body's not producing testosterone, then uh, your sperm motility, the, all that sort of stuff, is going to start lowering. And the longer you spend on that and the more severe the drugs you're using are, um, the harder it is to recover from. There is, again, ways to use other drugs to offset that during your cycle, but again, it's, it's kind of again, one of the advanced stuff. Um, uh, TRT doses covered that. Um, side effects, mood, acne, and stuff like that was another one. Um, again, it comes down to your genetic predisposition. predisposition. My same lady, actually, my, my daughter's mum works um, with a skincare company, so I'm very, very lucky to have access to various products um, where I can ex get good quality stuff and exfoliate and whatever else regularly. It's, it's an increased amount of oil in the sebaceous glands. It's like being a teenager again. Your hormones are up, the amount of oil you're producing up, the pores get blocked, you get more spots. It's, it's relatively simple as that. I do know some people have had severe acne from it, but it tends to be people with a history of acne. Again, if you're predisposed to something previously, the chances are if um, steroids are going to affect it, then you're going to have that issue. But when most people, I'm just saying, look, you just need to, <laughs> you have a negative impact on your skin, spend more time caring for your skin. You have a negative impact on your liver, your kidneys, whatever else, spend more time, money, whatever it is, looking after them so that you can do this while, and again, I'm not saying 100% safe, but safer. Mm -hmm. And kind of, what's, what's the word I'm looking for here? Um, sensible. Um, sensible use. Seems um, to be, uh, just quickly on that before we move on, it's, that seems to be the, the case with a lot of things when, when I've kind of done my own research into it. Uh, if you have a history of something, taking things that are heightening the response of your hormones tend to heighten the response of that. So uh, I think a big negative connotation with steroids is everybody's angry, everybody's fighty when they're on them. Um, but if you're naturally an angry and a fighty person, then it's just going to heighten that. So it's not so much the steroids have caused them to be angry, it's more of a fact it's just heightened that within them. Am I right in saying yeah. that? I mean, again, if, if you're going to manipulate your hormone levels um, to be more male, let's say, um, more testosterone levels, then, yeah, that, that, that level of male aggression is going to be increased. I mean, it's... Um, I've been listening a lot recently. Can, uh, he's quite common, actually, that the people listen to him. Jordan B. Peterson, um, similar name but no relation yeah, to the other yeah, Jordan. Yeah. Um, and he talks about how so much of the prison population is male because of the, the aggressiveness, aggressive levels. So if you're going to have higher hormone levels, you're, the chances are you will be more aggressive. Um, but, again, there's, there's two analogies I like to use here, trying to help people understand. Um, a female on a period fluctuating hormone levels, like your mood's up and down and whatever else, is it okay for your um, partner or whoever to be aggressive towards you during that period? Of course it's not. I mean, sit down and have a word with yourself. 
count to ten, breathe deep. Yeah, you might be a little bit more snappy or whatever else. And again, for someone who's new to taking it, you probably you, you do have to be aware that kind of I'm a bit of an asshole to people. And if you are, have a word with yourself. And if you're throwing punches at people, just don't take it. I mean, just it's it's obviously no fun. The other analogy here is the the whole alcohol thing is uh oh I'm an asshole when I drink. No mate, you're an asshole. Just don't drink. Um, And again, uh, I'm an asshole when I take take steroids. But you're an asshole, mate. You're obviously, this is um, exacerbating issues that you've got mentally. Do you need counselling? Do you need, I I don't know. I mean, um, how often do you hear of top end pro bodybuilders or even the guys that we know walking about? I mean, perfect example uh, there is um, Mr. Hall. Um, We trained in Strength Asylum. I have no idea what he's using. I imagine it's a fair bit. Did you ever see him punching people in the gym for getting in his way? No, of course not. It's, it's self-control. It's like anything. You can't turn around and say, oh, I've done that because of steroids. You've know, you become, you done that because you're an asshole. Are you having a slightly shorter temper? Yeah. If you're no man enough to control your temper, you're no man enough to be using something. Um, you throw in a diet, that. yeah. Throw in a diet as well, and you get even snappier. And uh, <laughs> it's not the great combination. No, no, I, I, no, no, I mean, I've, I've, I've been there. I mean, I've, uh, I've, I've been there, dieting to the point, um, absolutely starving, short tempered, whatever else. Um, and the only part, per, person I probably wasn't an asshole to was my daughter, um, because it's, it's nigh on impossible to be. But um, I was probably less interested in playing with her and whatever else, which is one of the reasons that. Uh, I mean, I do want to compete again, but I haven't in, a, in maybe three years or something. Um, it, it, it's just such a, an all or nothing. It's just a, it's an all out commitment um, that consumes your whole life. Um, uh, and I'm being there, done that, and yeah, definitely want to do it again at some point. Um, thanks to prove to myself that I can be better than what I was the last time, etc. But do I want to go on holiday, have a few drinks, um, take my daughter out to the weekend, do some fun stuff, get an ice cream cone? Yeah, I do. Um, so it's it's balancing life. Mm-hmm. Cool. I I feel that's a awesome place to start rounding up actually because a really good last message. Um, do you have uh, obviously like in terms of your socials? Do you want to plug your socials where people can get hold of you? Obviously, we talked about JP site loads, but um, not not that I'm an expert, so clearly I'm not. But I guess I'd imagine, and I know you're biased, mate, so you're going to say this probably is true, but um, there isn't going to be a better place to go, really, if people do want to, not that we're condoning, or not condoning, what's the word, not um, advising people to obviously go and start doing any, any or taking any PDs, but if people do want to find out more about it, I guess JP site's a good place to go. Yeah. So I know if you just want to plug yourself, plug your socials, all that stuff. And Yeah, no, I mean, that's um, still at a point where there is no website, and take off my lazy ass and get that one done. The majority of my coaching stuff I put on Instagram, um, and my company, which oh god, let's 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 go into this, um, yeah, name discussion. People keep calling it evaluation, whatever else. I thought I was being really clever. My daughter's name's Eva, and I used the word evolution and used an A instead, thinking I was being really smart. Um, until because um, in Scotland people don't people don't pronounce an O as an O in a lot of words. I, I wouldn't say evolution. I would say evolution just with a Scottish accent. I thought, that's dead clever, I'm really cool. Um, and then at shows, and we've got clients down south going on stage, and it's like, evaluation, co- oh, hang on a second. So yeah, it's the word evolution with an A, um, just coaching on Instagram. Uh, my Facebook's just my personal one, Stephen with a PH Cassidy. Um, if you don't have Instagram, 
I don't really put a great deal on there apart from days out, pictures of my daughter and whatever else. Put the odd wee thing on here and there, but not, not much. Um, probably should do more. And again, um, I work. No, I don't really work. I, I'm, I'm an approved educator and coach on Jordan's site, which is simply trained by jp.com and also an app available in the App Store. Um, it is a paid for um, a resource. But as I say, I mean, if you're looking at um, the amount of money you're spending on your training spending, another £7 a month, um, signing up to the site. I don't get a penny from signing up, by the way. I'm not, I'm not on commission here. Um, but um, a fabulous resource. It's completely open and honest about everything the guys do. I mean, again, not promoting this at all. Jordan was doing lives last week while he was competing and mentioned he had to use a Valium, Valium to get to sleep. Um, again, not condoning it in the slightest, but... How often do you get people in the public eye coming out and actually saying something like that? And he's like, no, no, I just want to be honest with people with, because he's, his anxiety was so high about competing. He was so stressed out. And he's like, I'm just being honest. Yeah. Um, but this is what I've got to do. So it's completely transparent, everything these guys are doing. And if you want to get an understanding of what it takes to get to that level, it's a fabulous place to go. It's not just drugs. There's tons of natural people on there. Um, there's a whole forum section focusing on different bits videos of all the athletes doing whatever. Um, I'm plugging him more than I'm plugging me here. Um, yeah. <laughs> Instagram, Evolution Coaching. Um, email, I think, is also um, evolutioncoaching at gmail.com. Uh, and again, I'll, once, once, I'll eventually get off my ass and get a website and stuff built and get more put, stuff put on there. But no, that's, that's pretty much it, guys. I think Brett's frozen. Brett's out of here. Um, yeah. I, 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 no, no, no. I, I just, I just, my, I turn my camera off because I think I don't know if it's my Wi-Fi. I reckon the wife's abusing it. Um, let me just turn it back on. Uh, yeah. No, I was just going to say I, don't, I missed that last bit because I did free. So, um, did you plug your podcast? Uh, no, no. But, oh, oh, good. Well done, Brett. Good man. Um, I will have a podcast hopefully starting this week with um, my friend Charlie Murdoch. Um, Charlie's the guy I mentioned earlier placed third at the Nava Britons um, entirely too handsome for his own good PT in his own right um, and a very successful competitor um, so we'll be having a podcast what that'll entail I, I, I'm i not quite sure yet um, it'll be probably a little bit around Scottish bodybuilding um, given the fact we both are um, a little bit around the industry advice, doing some Q&A stuff again both being assisted athletes um, but I mean, not just on that focus, looking at training, diet, um, everything else in between and more than anything else, hopefully a good bit, a good bit of fun. Sure. So I guess you'll put some information on your, uh, like Instagram yeah. or whatever else when it comes out. So people make sure you follow obviously Steve on that and you'll get, you'll get obviously access to it. Yeah. We're still toying the names at the moment. Um, uh, we've had some, some various ideas that, um, uh, I think Charlie's current favourite is uh, Meatheads with a Microphone, um, which is um, looking like a possibility. As I say, we're, we're doing this. I don't mean we're not going to be serious. We're going to answer people's questions seriously, but a bit, a bit tongue-in-cheek. We're, we're really good mates, and we're just hoping to have a bit of fun and at yeah. the same time, obviously, promote awareness of what we're both doing. Cool. Right. So before you go, just to, we've got we always ask our uh, guests some less uh, nutrition-focused uh, questions so well mm -hmm. kind of less some are some are related so um and i know i've caught you on the fly a little bit so um for a bit of fun what's your favorite 
flexible food. So obviously by flexible we mean junk food. Oh fuck God! God. Um, I, I am rather partial to a Chinese chicken curry and some wonton soups on a very regular occasion. Um, and I also am on first name terms um, with the local Greek restaurant to the point where my daughter walks into the kitchen and tells a chef what she wants and they make it off the menu for her. Huh. So yeah, uh, my diet can be very flexible at times. Um, uh, also fond of oh God, what else? A- anything that's gone pick and mix, ice cream, you name it, I'm, I'm in a beer. I'm for it. Okay. Um, what's the best burger joint you've ever visited? Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm the wrong man to ask here. I'm, I'm, I, I don't get impressed by burgers. No? Um, I mean, I'm quite Break my heart. <laughs> I'm quite fond of a Five Guys. I think Five Guys is probably one of the better ones. Um, uh, if I'm travelling, I will look for a Burger King uh, at services, possibly. Um, a Whopper's not a bad bad choice. Um, however, I did get a very horrible craving while on holiday and extremely ill from a chicken sandwich. No idea why. Uh, managed to get one at 2am at Gatwick. Um, so that was a, an interesting one. But yeah, I just... I just don't see the big deal with burgers. I'm a steak guy myself, mate. If uh, if you weren't such a big big lad, I would say you're completely wrong. But we'll we'll just <laughs> jump on. Um, what's what's the best bit of advice you've ever been given? So it doesn't have to necessarily be nutrition related, but just one thing. Is there anything that stands in mind like the best thing anyone's ever told you? Um, do you know what? I, I don't know. There's there's so many. Something that recently stuck in my mind um, was actually um, something Suk put on Suk of OFB. Um, about and also another guy called Dan Meredith, the yeah, yeah, yeah. Dan, and it's just about. Um, I mean, I for a long time had anxiety, maybe the wrong word. Um, I didn't want to put myself out there as a coach because everyone I'd helped previously were were mates. Um, I kept downplaying. Uh, people don't want to hear what I'm talking about. People don't want to know that. People don't want. Uh, what, what people think of me if I'm calling myself a coach and doing this and doing that. And the big thing is, is no one really gives a shit. Mm. I mean, go go out, chase your dreams, do what makes you happy. Um, the amount of positive feedback that I'm getting from people has been phenomenal. Um, and it's like, I mean, genuinely, like maybe club just before MNU, I'm like, there's no way I'm going to call myself a coach or a nutritionist or anything else. Because the industry is so full of people calling themselves these names who don't have a fucking clue. Um, and it really concerned me what other people think of me. Um, and that stuck with me. That was a big, big issue for me. Mm-hmm. And just going out, putting yourself out there, doing good work and caring about people's results and caring about kind of what your clients do. Um, been a huge thing for me. 100%. Great answer. Last then. This is this is the, uh, the the important question. Would you rather be attacked by one duck-sized, no, one horse-sized duck? I get it right. One horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? One horse-sized duck or a hundred duck-sized horses? Yes. I would I would say one horse-sized duck. The duck the duck have ducks have teeth. Uh, so they got like a serrated beak, I believe. Oh, well, that sounds quite dangerous. I mean, I was imagining there hundreds of little horses biting my ankles. Um, can I get me down? I, I, I'm not fond of biting. I'm not fond of sharp pains. I thought maybe a, a blunt instrument or a duck's beak might be the, the, the safer option there. Um, so I'd, I'd go with a large duck, I think, yeah. Cool. There isn't a right or wrong answer, so that's fine. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I want to say a huge thank you, mate, for obviously loads, sparing loads of your time. 
Um, I think there's a reason why this has been a, one of our probably, if not our longest episode, because um, it's been like super interesting. I know Ed, Ed's nodding away, so I know he thinks the same. Um, yeah, cool. Right. Well, um, I think we'll just end it there then, because obviously it's been, been super interesting. And obviously, I'll let you get on with your day. Yep. Thanks for having me, guys. Thank you for coming on. All right. Bonjour then. Cool. Thanks. I guess. All right. You'd have to. Thanks for listening to the No Nonsense Nutrition Podcast. We'll speak to you all next week.